Good morning, I'm Tom Lyons, and welcome to our special Memorial Day edition of Minnesota Military Radio on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130. Justice and Drew will be back tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to be here all morning talking about Memorial Day, May 30th, 2022. In the first hour, we're going to have a guest host will be uh, the state chaplain for the Minnesota National Guard. Second hour, Commissioner Larry Herkey from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. In the third hour, uh, Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard will be on, and we're going to talk to uh, uh, Lieutenant General John Zenson, uh, Senator Klobuchar, and uh, Governor Walls. So good morning. This is Memorial Day, May 30th. Uh, once again, I'm Tom Lyons from Minnesota Military Radio. We can be heard on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 at 7 o'clock Sunday mornings and uh, on 65 other stations all over the uh, state uh, or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. My great pleasure this morning and our tradition on Memorial Day to welcome Chaplain Colonel Buddy Wynn to the studio. Chaplain, welcome back. Tom, good morning. It's uh, great to be here. And how many Memorial Days is this for you now, uh, live on the air? This is the 12th year that we've done uh, our special Memorial Day edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I think you must have been here at least half of them, Chaplain. Yeah, half or a little bit more, except for the times that uh, we, maybe we, you know, talked from a, a great distance when well, I was overseas. Well, those things happen when you're when you're deployed, and other things happen. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But during this hour, we're going to visit with the Minnesota Patriot Guard. We're going to check in with the Fort Snelling National Cemetery, and we're going to talk to one of your chaplains that was recently on a deployment. But, Chaplain, I want to start with the day. I think a lot of our listeners get confused between Veterans Day and Armed Forces Day. This is the day. Uh, Memorial Day, uh, where we remember the men and women who died, died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. This is a really special day, Chaplain. This is a, it's a very meaningful day for a lot of people. And really, you know, we have to remember that there are families uh, who, for for them, every day is Memorial Day. I'm the associate chaplain at Fort Stelling uh, uh, Chapel, the Memorial Chapel. And where I sit when I when I do the worship leading on Sunday mornings, right in front of me is our is our POW MIA, um, you know, um, group li- li- little uh, uh, area that's that's marked off of the velvet rope. And and so we remember those who didn't come home, uh, those that went missing, those who were killed. Uh, either way, it's our duty to never forget. And and today is the day that we do that as a nation. And Chaplain, as long as you brought that up, for most of us that served in Vietnam, that's been. 50 years since we got home. It's been a long time. I don't know where all those years go. And one of the things we were talking about this before we came on the air is when I went over there, I was a young man, and and, uh, it was kind of exciting. We were something new. We are going off to a war zone. I was disabused of that as soon as the the door opened to the plane. And here we are. We're in a war zone, and it's naughty and nasty and awful. But one of the things you don't think about on the way over is, are we all coming home? Yeah, yeah, the danger is there, we know that, but, you know, I think at that point in time, my, my recollection, my memory is that, you know, uh, it, it's not going to happen to me, it may happen to somebody else, but I'm going to do my best to, to get through it and get home back to my family, but not everybody makes that and, trip home. And while we're on that, I've been to Washington, D.C. several times, and going to the wall and actually seeing the names, touching the names of people that you knew, your buddies, that is that is uh, as emotional experience as I think I've ever had in my life, Chaplain. Do you, do you feel like the first time you went out there, did, could anything prepare you for that? There's nothing could have prepared me for it. And, no. And now I go out and, and I see the Vietnam veterans with their cap pulled low and their dark glasses and they're up rubbing the the uh, the wall and blubbering. And, and then the other people, the younger generations, are walking by solemnly about 20 feet back 
Uh, that's like that's the way we walked by the World War II Memorial or the Korean Memorial. It wasn't our war, but Vietnam was our war, and, and unfortunately we're, we're losing an awful lot of uh, Vietnam veterans. I think we've lost several times more since the war to, to Agent Orange than uh, than we lost those 58,000 there. So it's, 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 this is the day to remember those who gave everything, gave their future, gave their lives, gave everything they were going to be so that we could enjoy the day, enjoy the weekends, enjoy our lives in freedom and liberty. And, and without generations and generations of service members that would serve, we wouldn't even be here, Chaplain. In the same duty that compelled us, uh, most of us, at least in my generation, uh, we're all volunteer, to sign that piece of paper that says that we'll serve. Um, that's the duty that Americans have to teach their children and grandchildren and pass on the legacy and, and the duty to honor the fallen. And we're going to talk about some of those things today, but Chaplain, I've got you on the spot. Who do you think about on Memorial Day? That's a very easy question to answer, Tom. It's the, the, the same two men that I think about every day. I look down at the bracelet on my wrist and I think about two Marines that were killed on September 10th, 2007 in Iraq. Uh, and, I, and I was called to the flight line uh, to offer a pre-flight prayer as our, you know, uh, was our practice uh, just about every day. But this particular call, uh, you know, we were we were told to bring our gear. So I grabbed my chaplain assistant, and uh, we boarded the flight. We landed uh, at a distant Ford operating base for a hero mission, and uh, we retrieved the remains of Carlos Orozco and John Hicks. And since that time, I've been able to be in touch with their families to let them know what an honor it was to uh, serve on the same battlefield with their young Marines, uh, but also to know, uh, let them know that we had the great honor of helping them uh, start their sacred journey home to their final resting place. And so every year, uh, you know, I pause to think about that a little bit more in detail, but I'm reminded of every day when I look down at my the bracelet on my wrist. Chaplain, what does that feel like when you get that call for you and your chaplain's assistant to, to go on that mission? The first time, Tom, you know, like you described, you, you, there's a there's excitement. We didn't know what we were going to face. And, and the, the thing that you'll never forget is the look on uh, uh, the faces of those Marines when you have to take their brothers from them. Uh, the look on the commander, the sergeant major, that, that's burned in your memory for every, nothing can prepare you for that. And so you return to the aircraft and, and you do everything you do with dignity and honor. And then, you know, we landed and, and continued the transport to mortuary fares. So uh, it, it's etched in your, your mind forever. And, and it's not a great thing, uh, not one of those things you asked for, but now that it's there, you, you, you just treat it with significant reverence. And, Chaplain, those Marines were trusting you to take their brothers in arms and take care of them as you removed them from the battlefield. That's absolutely right. One of the things that's occurred to me over time as I look back is, as chaplains or, or caregivers, we do for others what we pray someone will never have to do for us. And, Chaplain, I don't know how many times you've done that, but that has to be incredible, just like uh, back here in, in, the, in the world, we used to call it, coming back from Vietnam, if we lose a service member. A uh, chaplain uh, or a chaplain's assistant, a, a military officer, has to go and inform the family, usually at a, oh, dark 30 in the morning. And, and uh, I can remember the Drevnecks told me that there was a knock on the door, and he came down the stairs and he saw the military uh, officers, and his heart just sank. That's got to be a heck of a duty, too, to go uh, give that information to a family. Right. I've been on both sides. Uh, we've we've been with the fallen overseas and then, you know, perform that duty, that mission back here stateside. And, you know, the chaplaincy is a calling. And if you knew what you're getting into, you'd come to it reluctantly. You, you'd answer the call, but uh, it's not something that you do with uh, 
you know, uh, you just you know what you're getting into, and uh, it's a huge honor, but it, it takes a, a a toll as well, and that's why we provide that ongoing care to one another. Chaplains and and caregivers have to care for themselves. Chaplain, I'm certainly glad that there are people like you that will take care of those duties, and I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here this morning. Uh, we're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Doug Bly from the Minneapolis, from the Minnesota Patriot Guard. This Memorial Day broadcast is brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Find more information online at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back to the special Memorial Day edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. My co-host this hour is Chaplain Colonel Buddy Wynn, who's the state chaplain for the Minnesota National Guard. We've been talking about Memorial Day, and Chaplain, we've got a special guest joining us now, and that is uh, Doug Bly from the Minnesota Patriot Guard. The Patriot Guard is a 100% volunteer registered 501c3 nonprofit organization which ensures honor, dignity, and respect at Memorial Services, honoring fallen military heroes, honorably discharged veterans, line-of-duty police officers, firefighters, and first responders. Good morning, Mr. Bly. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Chaplain. Good morning. Doug, uh, Chaplain and I have been talking about uh, some of the things that he does. And uh, when I first went to Vietnam and come back and some of the missions he went on to retrieve the, the those that we lost in the line of duty, and, of course, uh, he occasionally has to go and, and inform families that uh, a military member was lost. I want to track the Minnesota Patriot Guard to the to the origin. Uh, you guys started some time back, and, and it was uh, to protect the families when they were burying uh, their veterans. Yeah, the, the origins of the Patriot Guard Riders, is, which is a national organization, started in Kansas, and it was five members of the American Legion Riders Post. They were Vietnam veterans. And they were reading and seeing what was going on with the Westboro Baptist Church. And I always call it five Legion riders and one mad wife. And Carol Hauk, uh, the, the wife of one of the Legion riders, said, well, what are you guys going to do about it? They're the first ones who went to a funeral in Kansas and stood between the family and the Westboro Baptist Church. And from there, our mission statement is the mission statement, these five being on Betts Road, Tom. And it just took off across the country. And... We really started in Minnesota, took root in 2006. Our first mission is 2005 for Andrew Kempel in Anoka. But 2006 is where we really uh, took root and started gathering members and started putting structure in place. And then now I say the, the hardest day you get as a nonprofit is the first day somebody gives you a dollar. <laughs> then we had to have a legal structure. We had to have a board. And But it was really the mission standing there. That line of defense is really the origins of what we do. And, you know, I was thinking about that this week. It's it's funny. The first mission I was the ride captain for was in 2006. And I remember calling the funeral home and I was calling the casualty assistance officer. And we weren't getting a call back. I mean, nobody knew who we were. You know, for all they knew, we were the Westboro Baptist Church. They just heard we were a bunch of bikers and we show up and I remember calling and not getting a response and emailing and not getting a response. We didn't have contacts within the National Guard to help us with credibility. And I remember calling the funeral home one day and the re- receptionist who answered the phone got really quiet. She said, you stood for my cousin in South Dakota. That crack opened the door for me. The funeral home director called me. Then the casualty assistance officer called me. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but I still remember he was not happy. He was not happy about having to talk to me. He was busy, obviously, with the family and doing his job there. And we talked a bit about what the Patriot Guard writers do. 
And a day later, he calls me back. Okay, who the heck is this Westboro Baptist Church, and why are they coming? And that was the crack with him to say, yeah, you guys get here. The, the widow wants you here. And because of that group in Kansas, Town of Westboro Baptist Church, 200, 400, 500,000 people across this country have stood a flag line. And without them, I don't know that we'd be, we'd exist. So as much as we can detest and not like the message of hate that the Westboro Baptist Church brings, without them, we wouldn't be here because they spurred us to action. I think that's what every mission needs is some call to action in the Westboro Baptist Church and the message of hate and the message of non-inclusion is really what drove us to become who we are today. Chaplain, I'm sure you've seen it hundreds of times. I have uh, the uh, Patriot Guard writers uh, at these funeral missions bringing honor, dignity, and respect. It's uh, It comes from the heart. It's incredible. It's an amazing sight. Uh, not only that, but They've they've escorted us on on our missions, you know, as we leave, um, you know, our armories and our families to go off to deploy. And when we come back, you just you'll never forget the looking out the front of the bus and seeing that line of of motorcycles and those patriots out there uh, providing that escort. It, it's amazing, Doug. Uh, you sound like you've told that story a time or two. It's it's remarkable the way that story comes together. I don't know that I'd have ever heard it quite put that way, but tell us what it means for you know the the members of the Patriot Guard. What does it mean for for a veteran or a family member, a supporter to stand uh, uh, at a graveside committal or or a funeral outside of the you know the uh, the location of the funeral with that flag? What does that mean for that individual? You know, I've had uh, my personal experience with this chaplain is my neighbor and very good friend was a World War II veteran. He was a ranger. So he was up on Point Duhok. He was part of that wave that went in. And uh, his widow, Pat, asked us to stand at his mission. But I went in as a family member and as a friend. And I remember coming out, chaplain, and... I see the flags whipping. I see the veterans saluting. I see just warmth and support. And I was, that was my first experience as kind of a family member. And it was just amazing to, to feel that as you walk out of the church, you go from this dark, dark place. And then all of a sudden you see the sun pop out and you see the flags whipping and you see the people standing there. You hear the bike start up to move and it's just this moving experience, really, as a family member. And I could say that. And I know Tom's experienced it too. Uh, it's just moving. Um, I don't know any other way to say it. It's just your heart fills up, and you just feel like, okay, it was worth it. No matter what rank you were, it doesn't matter if you were a private or a general, you get the same treatment. There's a reason you wear those dark glasses, Doug. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's very emotional. One of the one other things I want to point out is, is we've had a lot of deployments over the last 20 years, and, and I've heard story after story after story. You get a unit that's uh, gathering and getting ready for a deployment, and they do it. They always do it at oh dark thirty. You know, it's three four o'clock in the morning. But I keep hearing these stories that they're there, and the and the soldiers kind of think, well, we're here and we're leaving, and nobody cares. And all of a sudden, here's twenty or thirty Patriot Guard riders standing there saying goodbye. That's got to be another incredible experience, Doug. Well, and it's as much time we're part of with the deployment ceremonies and watching them take off from the from the armories. We see the families and. I've made this comment before. It's amazing. It's not just the dad going off to war, and now it's the mom going off to war. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see this family structure um, with so much tension and so much risk, and then to see them come home. And that same mom or dad coming home, 
you know, they get dismissed from the, from the line and just the hugs and the tears. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a full cycle of life, so to speak. You have to watch that deployment. Chaplain, the service members uh, sacrifice, but the families do too. They do. It, it's, you know, for the people that thank us for our service, I, I always say, hey, it, it's a great honor. Please thank our families. And, Doug, the most fun uh, thing that you guys do is uh, come to the welcome home ceremonies. That's when you get to have some, a good time. Yeah, and, and, it's the same, and we need the same dark glasses, Tom. You know, but that's really the part that gives us some fuel and some energy to come back to the next tough one when you get your heart full again, when you watch that family come back together and, you know, duty fully served and honorably served, and you just get to be part of that experience. I'm a civilian, Tom, as you know. I didn't serve in the military, and it's my opportunity to be of service to those who are, and it's just my, my life has been different and changed because of this experience. Doug, we're just about out of time. Are your riders out on missions today? We are today, uh, Minneapolis. We were this week. We're at uh, the Veteran Cemetery in Little Falls. We're at the Duluth Cemetery. We're at the Preston Cemetery. Today we're at um, Fort Snelling, and today we're also at the Veterans Home. And people can find our missions on www.mnpatriotguard.org, and then you can click on the mission calendar. It tells you everything going on, and you don't have to sign up to be a member to come today. Just look at that. Have a three by five flag and a pole, um, and be prepared to stand with honor, dignity, and respect. Very good, sir. I'd like to thank you for taking getting up early and joining us again this year. It's a kind of a tradition you and I and Chaplain win. I wouldn't miss it, Tom. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. That was Doug Bly from the uh, flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard. When we come back, we're going to check in with Fort Snelling National Cemetery and see what's going on out there today. This Memorial Day broadcast is brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Find more information online, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good morning. It's 6.35 a.m. on Monday, May 30th, Memorial Day. I'm Tom Lyons, and this is our Memorial Day special edition of Minnesota Military Radio. We'll be on all morning, and uh, uh, Andrew and Drew, uh, Justice and Drew will be back uh, tomorrow morning and the rest of the week. And But today we're going to focus on Memorial Day. My co-host in the uh, studio today has been Chaplain uh, Colonel Buddy Wynn. And, Colonel, uh, it's always good to talk to Doug Bly and learn about all the great work uh, that the Minnesota Patriot Guard is doing out there and all those riders that show up uh, every time. It's amazing. I, when I uh, have a, an event out at Fort Snelling at the cemetery, you know, I'm, I'm moving from a vehicle to my pre-appointed position at the, at the shelter, but I try to grab a hand or two to just extend my thanks for their presence there. I'm sure they appreciate it. And since you brought that up, we're going to be joined now by Dave Huth, who's the executive director of Fort Snelling National Cemetery Complex. And you're going to see him later today, Chaplain. Uh, uh, director uh, Huth, uh, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Tom, for having me. I appreciate being having the opportunity of being here. And Good morning, Colonel Buddy. Uh, good morning. Uh, Director Huth, uh, big weekend uh, for you out at the Fort Snelling National Cemetery. I was out there Saturday, and the place looked beautiful. We had people uh, getting ready to put out the flags. I understand there's flags that uh, were put out uh, all over yesterday. Yes, Tom. We had a lot of people out here, volunteers, yesterday. Uh, we had over 2,000 volunteers with one organization that were putting out the flags. And we had other organizations that were out here, but... They, I don't have their names, so I, I'd like to put out a request, if you don't mind, if, if there's anybody listening, if they wouldn't mind getting their names of their organization so we can acknowledge them, uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, yes, yeah, very busy. The whole year, we only have about 56 staff 
to get Fort Snelling where it needs to be. But we also have a lot of help and assistance from a lot of people in the community, including contractors, that help us out throughout the year with our grounds maintenance and landscaping, such as uh, the Raven Company and Rainbow, who are very helpful in getting us. And throughout the year, we have other people that help us, too, to get our cemetery to where it needs to be. And we, we could not do it without them at all. And it, just for this weekend, uh, we have the volunteers that have helped out, the law enforcement, and all throughout the year, too, the, the rifle squad providing the services that are needed for the ceremonies to honor and respect those that have fallen. And I'd like to put a, a thankful note for also our funeral home directors, because without them and their courtesy and service, we would not be able to do this either. So there are a lot of people that make this happen, and especially for today. And I don't want to take up the whole airways, but I was very impressed. I'm glad you came out yesterday because there were a lot of people, and everybody was in a good mood. We did have some rain yesterday, but that cleared out. But what, what impressed me the most is their attitude, and they brought their children. And, you know, the children were very respectful and placing flags and flowers on the graves, and that meant a lot to me. Director, there was a lot of uh, lot of traffic Saturday. I'm sure builded building yesterday, and a lot more people will be out there this morning. But we want to talk about uh, the the Memorial Day ceremony. I understand you're going to have a a parade at 9:45. Yes, we start off with a parade 9:45, and weather permitting, we're supposed to have a flyover at 9:55, and then our program starts at 10 a.m. And we have guest speakers and some dedications that will be happening. Chaplain, understand you're going to do some power praying out at Fort Snelling this morning. You know, Tom, uh, I, from the looks of it, as we look out the studio here, um, maybe the farmers needed uh, a little more precip. And uh, as, as as I always say, when it comes to the weather, I'm in I'm in sales, but not management. <laughs> Very good, sir. <laughs> uh, Director Huth, we're getting the chaplain all warmed up. He'll be ready to give you a couple of good prayers this morning. And you've got some speakers, uh, Senator Klobuchar and Governor Walls will be out there. Tom, they certainly will be, and we're looking forward to them, and we're grateful for them to come out, as well as the other local community and state leaders and politicians, because without them, you know, they, they're very supportive of our cemetery and the way we do things. So we are looking forward to their visit and to what they're going to say at our program. And, Director, I understand that there are many representatives from the veteran service organizations that are that will be there today, and uh, they're around to help all year, round, all year long. Oh, yes, Tom, it's Many people help us throughout the year. We, and like I said earlier, we could not do this without them. But we would be definitely overwhelmed. But through the dedication and support and a lot of the volunteers, uh, we make this a place where people can come and feel that they can pay their respects to their loved ones. Director, this is uh, this is Chapman, buddy. You know, I had uh, one of the members of my congregation who's a veteran was out at the cemetery yesterday. He was a little late to church, but you know, he was he was out of breath, he was sweating. He he wanted to let me know he had a good excuse. He was out at the cemetery uh, putting in flags, and I think uh, as you mentioned with the volunteers, the rifle squad, and others, it's a great way to give back. And you know. Uh, when I spend time with families uh, for a graveside committal out at the, the beautiful cemetery, they often marvel at just how perfect everything looks. But folks really don't have much of an idea uh, about what goes into maintaining uh, the acreage there in, in such a sacred place, do they? No, they don't. And I was surprised when I first, because I've only been here since February of this year, 
And when my staff talked to me about what they do, it, it was amazing. And they gave me pointers to make my lawn look better because there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't realize. You know, like for instance, the mulch when they put it on the trees, the mod people pile it up as high as they can. And my staff says, no, that's not a good thing. And the, the timing of the fertilizers, when to put those down, when to put the seeds down. And we work with uh, local universities and other experts, like with golf courses, to make sure that we keep our lawns very good because there's not a lot of weeds out here, and every time we see some, we try and get them out as fast as possible. Mm. But, yeah, keeping the headstones aligned, the, the grass green, the no weeds, the trees all set, takes a lot of work and takes a lot of effort, and I'm very thankful for the staff to do that. It's beautiful. Uh, Director, I understand that many of your staff are veterans themselves, and and they go out of their way to make sure that all the veterans that move into Fort Snelling are treated uh, with honor and dignity. Yes, sir. A lot of our people have either retired or have been a veteran of the military, and that gives them a unique perspective and relationship and a bond with the families that come out here. And we want to make sure that they are patrons who come out here to use and place their loved ones here are afforded a one-time wonderful service and internment because this is their final lot. This is their final resting place, and this is their final interaction for the most part with the military and the government. And we want to make sure that they go out with respect and that they have uh, knowledge that it's professionalism and customer service that we strive to have. So for our listeners, uh, get out to Fort Snelling early. There's a parade at 9.45, a flyover at 9.55. Ceremony starts at 10. And Director Huth, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to to join us today on Minnesota Military Radio. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. That was uh, Dave Huth, Executive Director of Fort Snelling National Cemetery. And chaplain, uh, we don't mention very often, but uh, on Sundays you can be found out at the Fort Snelling Chapel. Out of the historic chapel, which uh, we've we've uh, worshipped there uninterrupted since 1967. Uh, the chapel's coming up on its 100th birthday. And, of course, uh, the cha- uh, the chaplain for the 3rd Infantry Regiment, before that chapel was built, uh, was able to raise the money and the local community support to have that chapel built. Uh, and it is now on the National Register of Historic Places. It's managed by the Department of Natural Resources, and we are currently in a renovation of all the beautiful stained glass windows out there. We've received donations, we've been able to raise funds, and so we will see the the beautiful sunshine coming in through those stained glass windows uh, over time here. So come out and visit us, 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. And the old fort's been renovated uh, over the last two years, and it's back open, so go out there and check that out too. Uh, Chaplain, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to one of your fellow chaplains that was deployed to Afghanistan. This Memorial Day broadcast is brought to you by the Minnesota Department of uh, Veterans Affairs. Find more information online at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back to this special Memorial Day edition of Minnesota Military Radio. Today is uh, Monday, May 30th, Memorial Day. Justice and Drew will be back tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm Tom Lyons, host of Minnesota Military Radio. We've been here since 6 o'clock and we'll be here through the uh, t- t- until 9 o'clock today. In the second hour of the show, my uh, co-host is going to be Commissioner Larry Herkey. And we're, we have several guests that we're going to talk to about Memorial Day issues. And in the last hour, the 8 o'clock hour, my guest will be uh, Major General Sean Mankey, the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard. And we're going to talk to uh, Lieutenant General John Jensen, Senator Klobuchar, and Governor Walls in that hour. So please stay with us. We're going to have some fun. And uh, But uh, my co-host today in the, in the 6 o'clock hour, uh, o'clock hour, by tradition, has been Chaplain Colonel Buddy Wynn. 
And, uh, Chaplain, uh, I want to thank you before we run out of time. Uh, very nice of you to get up at Old Dark 30 and come join us in the studio on Memorial Day. I look forward to it every year, sir. I do, too. And, you know, that's kind of part and parcel to our journey as uh, members of the clergy early in the morning, right? Our songs will rise. So uh, it's great to be here. Early in the morning, and we've kind of defined uh, Memorial Day as as the day that uh, we honor the men and women who died while serving the United States uh, Armed Forces, as opposed to Veterans Day, which is later in the year. So today's not the day to, to say thank you to veterans. You can always do that, but today's the day to remember those who have served, and we're going to ask all of you at 3 o'clock today to take a moment of silence a moment of remembrance. Just stop whatever you're doing, whether it's a barbecue or a family gathering or watching baseball game, whatever it is. Just take a moment to honor those that made the ultimate sacrifice. And uh, I always try to do that, Chaplain, and sometimes people look at me like, what's he doing? But that's okay. They look at me like that quite often. Might might open up a conversation to tell them what it is you're doing. It could open up a conversation that's very important. And Chaplain, uh, for this last segment of uh, the first hour of the show, uh, you've brought along a special guest. We do have a special guest today, and I'm uh, really glad to have uh, Chaplain Chad Siski on the line with us here this morning. Chad, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Chad, good morning. So glad that you're uh, uh, with us, and so glad you're home from from your last deployment. We're going to talk about that uh, for a few minutes. And uh, for our listeners, uh, uh, Chaplain Chad Siski is a member of the Minnesota Army National Guard, one of uh, two dozen chaplains in our organization. Chad, uh, you graduated from seminary in, in 2006, and since then you've pastored in Eagle Bend and Clarissa, Minnesota. Uh, you you also took a call in, in Our Saviors in Mankato. Um, but you joined the National Guard in 2012. Uh, talk about your journey to the chaplaincy? Well, it, it actually started back at seminary. I was uh, met a Navy chaplain recruiter, and he he made it seem like an awesome ministry and an opportunity to reach people that you know may never step foot into a church, and just also, I mean, minister in different type of environments. So I was really interested. Began my journey way back then in, in 2004, uh, and I went to the chaplain training. Something just did not feel right at the time, um, but even after I, I stepped away from that, there was still a tug on my heart to, to serve men and women in uniform, and eventually in 2010, I, I, I ran into, I, I thought it was just an Army chaplain, and ended up being a Minnesota Army National Guard chaplain, and he, he convinced me to, to at least talk to the state chaplain at the time, and, and I did do that, and through talking to the state chaplain, participating in some of the Monday morning chaplain trainings that they did each month, uh, eventually made the decision to uh, raise my right arm and, and take the oath and continue to serve in that ministry. And it's been a great opportunity to do that ever since. Yeah, you've done that, Chad, and served faithfully. You've been deployed overseas a couple of times now. And uh, most recently, uh, you, you spent time in the Middle East, which was your second tour over there. What was it like uh, being deployed in a COVID environment uh, as a chaplain and a member of a unit ministry team? Uh, being deployed in the COVID environment, I mean, it... It, it was, I guess the only frustrating part about it was uh, the different uh, times we were required to wear masks in and outside the buildings, uh, different areas in, on the base that were being shut down. Um, but the biggest one came when, you know, the, the mandate for the, the vaccine came out and soldiers were really struggling with what to do with the vaccine. And just being there to kind of be... Uh, Someone that they could talk to, someone they could kind of work through some of the issues with, and kind of help guide and lead them to to the decision that was best for them. And 
And for those that wanted to do the religious exemption, you know, walk through it with them and help guide them so that everything moved forward in a in a positive way, not not coming back on them or anything like that. Yeah, well said. Of course, the the uh, the vaccine and the exemptions has has created uh, you know uh, some additional ministry opportunities for us. I like the way you said that. Help the soldiers uh, to the decision that's best for them. Uh, but ultimately, um, we always get creative in in those restricted. Uh, kind of environments, don't we? Uh, we we find a way to spend time with our our soldiers, and uh, and of course in in our congregations we'll have soldiers, sail- sailors, airmen, marines. They'll come to the chapel right there where we're deployed. Uh, take a take a couple minutes. Tell us about your last deployment to the Middle East and that short time in Afghanistan as the mission there was ending. Uh, that was one of those uh, you you know it's kind of it's a great opportunity to go with soldiers, but sometimes. Even even chaplains, I would say, it, it, it's kind of one of those things where you wonder, hey, God, what's going to happen here? And that was one of those moments. Uh, we touched down on the tarmac in Kabul. Uh, those thoughts were going through my head. God, what's going to happen here? How's this going to work? Uh, give me the, And, you know, as I stepped off the, the plane, all I can remember saying, God, give me the strength to be there for the soldiers, to have answers to the questions they might have. And sure enough, I, I faced a lot of a lot of difficult questions. The soldiers were wrestling with how to deal with it. And, you know, day to day, we, things were going fairly smoothly up until that, that, uh, last couple of days. Um, but soldiers were coming to me asking questions because they were hearing things, they were seeing things and they wanted to know, they want to know how, how, how do they deal with this in regards to their faith? How, how do they, you know, continue to serve in that capacity when you know, some of the things they were hearing were, were very frustrating for them. And, you know, just, helping guide them work through some of those difficult spiritual questions because that's really what they were dealing with. They had a lot of spiritual questions about, you know, how do I react in this moment and uh, what if I'm called to do this and how do I deal with that afterwards and you know, how does it, how is it going to impact my life and, and just being able to walk with them through it. And honestly, there, there are times I was dealing with the same questions that so we were able to talk back and forth about, you know, my feelings, their feelings, and just, just walk through it together with them. It was a great opportunity to be in that situation with them. To go through it, the uh, the events that that occurred there at at the end of that mission are are you know uh, incredible to hear, and and of course we could dedicate a whole show to that. Um, you know we're certainly very very proud of the work that you and and your religious affairs NCO did, um, and uh, so glad to have you home. Um, uh, things uh, with recovery take just thirty seconds. What's the readjustment been like? Uh, with family, it's been fairly easy. I mean, it's the second, as you stated, it's my second deployment, so we kind of knew a little bit about what to expect coming back. Um, and we've, that's been fairly seamless. You know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of go with the philosophy of kind of stay in the, the, the background a little bit until you learn what the family's been doing while you're gone and, and just slowly adjust back in where you fit. And it, it goes a lot easier, and, you know, especially with open communication between me and my spouse. Uh, it, it's, that's, that's been fairly seamless. Uh, going back into work, um, that, that's been a little bit of change going from military environment and serving the military to, to switching back to the church. And, and they are two different environments. You, you can definitely use two different types of languages and conversations in, in those two, two areas. And it's just readjusting back to thinking, okay, is this something I can say? Is this something I shouldn't say? It, and I guess the biggest adjustment for me has been in the military, you can be very blunt. You can be very you know, straightforward with somebody. 
Uh, in the parish, you, you kind of got to be a little um, softer and a little bit more compassionate with some of your responses. And I, I'd say that's probably been the most difficult transition for me. Um, but it, it's going smoothly, and by the grace of God, we'll continue to move forward. Well said, Chaplain. Thank you. Thank you, Chaplain. We're, we're out of time. Thanks for serving, and thanks for joining us today. Chaplain Wynn, uh, we've just got about a minute and a half left, uh, and we can't let you go without uh, without hearing a little bit about uh, some prayer. And and uh, one thing that stuck, struck me by Chaplain Siski as he got off that plane, he says, God, give me the strength, even chaplains. That's right. Ask for the strength. Uh, we're, we're human like everyone else. And, you know, we... we rely uh, very, very strongly on the power of prayer. And, you know, for those that have a connection with a higher power, uh, regardless of your, your tradition or background, you know, it is a significant protective factor against the difficulties of life. This has been proven time and time again. And so what I'd like to do, Tom, is just to close uh, this hour with a word of prayer. God, our Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with brave men and women who are willing to defend our freedom. We pray today that your protection and grace surround them each day. May those who have made the ultimate sacrifice rest forever in your holy presence. Help us to honor and support them. Let us be ever mindful of each sacrifice made on behalf of the American people by our sons, daughters, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, and friends. Amen. Very good, Chaplain. Thanks for joining me again this year. Thanks, Tom.